On this episode of Sessions, we chat with Craig Elbert, co-founder and CEO of Care Of, the company that builds customized daily vitamin packs based on your needs. Tune in as we chat Care Of's origin and discuss Craig's five non-negotiables that he kept in mind when building the brand. Hey there, and welcome to Sessions, a podcast by Matt Black, uh, where we talk about the creative class and we focus on digging into the things that make brands and campaigns go from good to great. I'm super excited today. I'm here with Craig Elbert, the co-founder and CEO of Care Of. Craig, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Excited to chat today. Yeah, I mean, we've been at Matt Black fans of the brand. Um, for a while now. And also, uh, there's a few of us who who get the vitamins every month. But really, you know, we look at as care of it's one of those brands that you wish you would have thought of. Um, and we've we've had a ton of um, interest in kind of the direct consumer space with a bunch of brands um, trying to do it, but not a ton doing it right. We really feel like you guys are one of those ones who's just absolutely crushing it. Um, so really looking forward to hearing from you today. Excellent. Thanks. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a fun space to talk about. And so looking forward to, to, to discussing different aspects of it. Yeah. So before we dive into all the nitty gritty, we always want to get to know you just a bit. Um, so I want to throw out three like quick fire questions and, and just hear from you. So what was the last book you read? That last book I read, um, I tend to like to read fiction um, just to help uh, I think, you know, I like language, kind of removes me from the business world. Uh, read a book from Renata Adler, who's uh, a journalist actually from the 70s, had a book called Pitch Dark, which is a, it's kind of a, a non-linear narrative, not really a narrative at all, but the language is beautiful. And it's kind of inspiring from a, uh, just from an aesthetic standpoint. Oh, amazing. Um, what about your drink of choice? Uh, I just... Despite launching a health and wellness company, I still do like whiskey. Uh, so just a, a bourbon on the rocks, generally. All right. There, okay. And give the, give us a bourbon recommendation too, because I feel like there's way too many out there now. So what what's your go to? Um, my go to probably because I drink too much of it to drink anything too fancy. I just drink Maker's Mark. Um, but there is a there's a nice uh, uh, place up in New York here called Hudson Bourbon. Uh, that they smell, they they sell small, uh, tasty varieties, but I generally just fall back on the maker's mark, uh, because it's affordable when you're living a startup lifestyle. Dude, you're a man after my own heart, one with the bourbon on the rocks and two with the affordability. I'm right there with you. Um, and so last question, what are you streaming currently on Netflix or HBO or Hulu? What's the show right now? Oh man. Um, I'm bad. I'm, I'm not good. Uh, I'm not one of those people who uh, does a good job of keeping up with the television series. Uh, but I, last one I really liked was uh, I loved Atlanta with Donald Glover. Uh, I think yeah. it's just through the first series, uh, first season, if I remember right. But uh, it just struck me as really funny and and just really good storytelling. Yeah, really different. That show is amazing. Um, so let's dive into it. I want to, you know, I. 
I know I said a little bit about the brand Care of already, but I would love to hear the elevator pitch from you. You know, when someone asks, what is it exactly that you guys do? Yeah. I mean, at the core of it, we just, you know, I had been shopping for vitamins and supplements. My wife was taking prenatal vitamins. I was taking vitamin D and it was such a miserable experience. The, the shelves were overwhelming. Um, it was a confusing to, to be able to navigate. And frankly, it, I, I didn't have a lot of trust in, in some of the products out there. We wanted to build something in that category and just generally in wellness that would be delightful, uh, personalized, and bring a dose of honesty and transparency to the, cate- uh, to the category. So at the core, our first product is just personalized daily vitamins and supplements. So the way it works is you come to the site We learn about your goals, your diet, your lifestyle, your values. And then based on work we did with our scientific advisory board with folks from Harvard and Tufts and and some naturopaths, we give you a recommendation of vitamins and supplements that could be right for you. You take that, uh, you can adjust it as you see fit, and then we'll send you each month 30 packets, uh, 30 daily packets of vitamins and supplements personalized for you. You know, your name is written on each pouch. Uh, you know, the, everything is, you know, we, we strive to be aesthetically pleasing so that you would put it on your counter and, and build that habit. Um, but it's, it's trying to take a category that's historically not very fun um, and, and a little bit frightening at times and actually just make that delightful. Yeah. And I, you guys have done a killer job of that because that was one of the things I wanted to say was that the brand comes across that it has a big focus on the surprise and delight factor from like, you know, you know, you're going to get something cool through the website experience. But then when it comes just like the actual branding of the box and the cards that come with it and the way that like your supplements, there's like a card that slides into the back of the box telling you what everything is. And the fact that the design changes every single month and it, but they're all kind of like, they all match slightly. is really, really amazing. So I think you guys are nailing it there. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it, it was definitely intentional. Part of that is just a uh, a personal appreciation for for good design and, and aesthetics. And there is also a part of it that I think is it serves a functional purpose of, you know, as it is right now, people stuff away their vitamins and supplements into cabinets and then they forget about them and stop taking them and, and don't build that habit. Whereas there's a lot of research around, you know, the power of how do you build a habit and part of it is is having that cue of actually seeing something that reminds you to take that to to do the habit, um, yeah. you know, the, the classic example is, is leaving your running shoes out so that you see them in the morning and kind of build that habit. For this, you know, we thought if we can create something that's aesthetically pleasing, someone's more likely to leave it on their kitchen counter uh, and that's going to help them build the habit. Uh, then in terms of we just want the boxes to change each month and we want the we're actually starting to work in quotes onto the pack next month uh, so that each day you get a little bit of a different message. Oh, and that amazing. part is just to make it dynamic. It's, you know, it's take again a category that historically is not very dynamic and, and make it dynamic so that it's engaging and it it's ultimately serves a functional purpose of making it easier to build a habit. Nice. I love that. And be, and I love that because it is the first time that I've ever taken vitamins multiple days in a row. Um, yes. And this is coming from someone who's taken like allergy medicine his entire life. And I'm good at that. But for some reason, I'm so bad with multivitamins. So now I feel like the habit is formed. And so I have to ask then, it seems like such a light bulb moment brand. You were saying you were like, your wife was um, getting prenatal vitamins, you were taking vitamin D. Were you just like 
in the GNC one day, like crying because you hated the store so much and thought of this? Or was it something that like slowly crept on? Yeah, I think the reality is it's somewhere in between. Um, I mean, I spent prior to Carob, I spent almost seven years at Bonobos, um, you know, initially running finance and then running marketing. And we spent so much time there thinking about how do we make a delightful customer experience? How do you do things that connect directly with the customer? And and it was while there that I, I had the experience of trying to shop for vitamins and supplements. And and we've just been thinking a lot about retail experiences. And this just struck me as such a miserable retail experience and one where it could be improved by technology. Um, so I think that was definitely, I'd say, kind of the light bulb moment. At the same time, it was uh, a little bit of an iteration as I, you know, we started working on it with my co-founder, Akash, who had previously co-founded a couple of companies and then ta- started talking to early stage investors, our seed investors. And it, it kind of evolved over time, but it, it really did start with just that feeling of, wait a minute, this this should be a much more delightful experience, um, you know, and and there should be a lot more transparency on uh, not just ingredients but level of science on things. I think felt really important to us. So so it kind of started from there, but then it, we you know it wasn't like we had that aha moment and then launched it the next day. We we had. You know that feeling, and then spent about a year doing research into the category, um, meeting with consumers, meeting with doctors, meeting with nutritionists, uh, thinking through what the product could be, uh, iterating before fully launching the brand uh, in November of last year. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that segues us really well into, uh, you know, I. I kind of sent some questions over before that we wanted to talk about, you know, some of the non-negotiables, like five non-negotiables when it came to making this brand. Because for us, like going through that experience on the website, like it comes across as relatively bulletproof, which is something we talk about, um, you know, like how do you make that experience for brands that you work with? Something where it's smooth, the information is there if you want it, but it's not overwhelming. Like, the design is something that you're attracted to, like the checkout process. I mean, there's so many different touch points to think of. Um, so I would love to just throw like a couple categories out and hear for you guys, yeah, from you guys, like what you felt like that one, the most important thing was in each of those categories. Um, yeah. So first one we want to talk about was brand identity and just like the overall look and feel the brand, like even just the color scheme that you guys picked uh, it, is so so good. So for you, like, what was what was that when you were trying to build out the brand identity of Kerov? Yeah, I think the the key non negotiable with brand identity was it had to be different from others in the category. So normally, you know, historically, when you look at this category, it's become such a it becomes so trite, and the shorthands are so lazy. Of okay, you know, put it in a green bottle with a leaf on it and sell it as eco conscious, and then have a photograph of a woman doing yoga on a mountain, staring off into the distance in the sunset and have that be your advertisement. Like it's either that route or it was put it in a Chrome tub, put an agro font on it and market it to bros. And it, it you know, both of those just, it, it felt like the category was in, in this slump and, and was lazy and also kind of clinging to tired motifs, uh, sometimes kind of hippie grunch, crunchy granola, motifs. And we wanted to push away from that, have it feel modern, simple, vibrant, um, you know, in, in a way that would be 
in a in an intentional contrast um, to to what was out there. Yeah, I mean, you guys did that well because as you describe those things, it's funny. I guess I never really thought about it in that way, but you're like, yeah, those are the two types of vitamins that I see. Yes, yes, exactly, and and I think it's just. It, you know, the other part was just having it feel authentic to us. So having it be something that we felt proud of uh, was a key one, too, of, of just holding ourselves to a high standard of, of something that we were proud of. So what about then when it came to the site design and the full digital experience? You know, I've, I've been on the site on both mobile and desktop. So like as far as principles go, you guys are dialed in because both experiences are really nice. Um, but I mean, even just how smooth it is, you guys didn't just do like pure parallax. It's actually an interesting problem where you have to take someone through a quiz before they can, before they really buy your product. Right. I mean, you can work around that, but the fact that you're like inviting someone to say, Hey, we're going to ask you a bunch of questions. And at the end, we'll let you buy the product is, is even a hard problem to solve for. So when you, when you started with that design, what, what were you guys really conscious of? Yeah, this is this one definitely took time of, you know, we did, we talked with a bunch of users, tried out a number of things. Um, I think kind of a non-negotiable would it, you know, one was we needed it to be conversational and to feel warm and human versus overly medical. Um, we, we also realized one of the challenges we had was, you know, the first version we created was very much a, you know, built on this idea of, of like a lot of UX people would tell us, well, you need to get them to check out as fast as possible. So you should keep this super short. Um, yeah. We found, you know, we found when it was so short that it, it, A, we couldn't really calibrate the recommendations in a credible way. And B, people didn't really buy into it and have, there wasn't credibility behind it. And so, you know, we, we had to make it more, you know, one of our users told us they wanted it, an early version of it to be, you know, quote unquote, more invasive. Um, at the same time, we had this challenge of, you know, if you put too much information on the screen at once, you kind of get the too long, don't read, going to leave situation. So yeah, on the yeah. one hand, we had to make it long enough to be credible. On the other hand, we couldn't bore the user. And so, you know, the key for us with creating that digital experience of the onboarding was to break it up into small conversational chunks that that feel like it continue to keep, you know, ensure that the, the user feels momentum, uh, ensure that it feels uh, conversational and warm, um, but at the same time covers enough ground for us to do a good job and deliver on the premise of, of personalization. And I think those were all all tensions that we were managing. And, and I think that there's still, we're, we're super proud of what we built, but we also know that there's plenty more we can do to, to improve it. But those are, that, that's kind of a lot of the thinking that went into that first version of it. Yeah. And, I, and that's actually really interesting to hear you talk about it that way. Cause even the quiz, it, it, it does do that. They're interesting questions to answer. And because some of it is almost like a psychological question, because it's like, well, how do you feel about you know, like research or like, what are you comfortable with? And then some of it's very lifestyle specific. So it's not just like, it, it's not just one type of question either that you're answering. It actually feels like you're, you're kind of getting somewhere and that you're like, you're, it feels more personalized. Even if I was just like, even then just saying like, oh, what are your habits? It, asking like, oh, what do you think it, is really, really nice on the site. Yeah. It, it's also interesting just because we, 
learned through talking with users, some of those things, you know, part of it is about goals, but part of it is also how people think about the category, which is you have someone who, some people who are super skeptics, um, who are just looking for things that have um, consensus science behind them. But then you have some people who um, are, are much more open to things like Ayurvedic medicine or traditional uh, more traditional medicines who are looking to discover new products in those veins. And, and we want to be able to tailor the experience to those folks in a way that, you know, we don't force a, a viewpoint on them, but we help them navigate what could be right for them. Uh, and, and we realize that the quiz can help tease those out. And, and it also, you know, we didn't necessarily intentionally do this, but we realized that it does create what what's called a curiosity gap uh you know once someone starts taking it they want they become curious what's going to be recommended and obviously you know this is something you see in kind of buzzfeed style quizzes where it's like people want to get to the end to see you know what kind of animal am i or what kind of you know what character from a friend's episode am i or something like that it creates a curiosity gap um this is obviously a different subject and a different type but you do have uh, a lot of those factors of curiosity um, in play as people go through it. Yeah. And that's, you know, that kind of segues well into the next question, which is about the product. So you're talking about that curiosity gap between like, oh, what, what's going to get recommended to me? Um, it seems like a big pillar of the brand has to do with the, the sourcing and the purity of what you guys are putting out as far as supplements and vitamins go. Um, could you talk a little bit about, you know, when you guys were, whether it be the sourcing that you did or, or even like looking at the industry and what was available for you guys to buy, what, what were you really looking to hone in on? Yeah. I mean, I think this is one where we know increasingly, you know, looking at ourselves as consumers and looking at our peers and people we know, you know, people are just much more conscious of what they're putting into their body. And, you know, we're past the days of, you know, I grew up in the 80s and it's like you would have all these artificial snacks and flavors and colors and all this like scientifically engineered food. And, you know, I think there's become a recognition of, of some of the dangers in, in moving, you know, uh, of kind of what we put into our body and also just how we should be thoughtful about that. In this category is all about health. You know, when you're taking vitamins and supplements, it's about how do you lead a healthier life? And yet so many of the products out there, because there hasn't historically been transparency and there hasn't been great regulation, you've had a lot of bad actors uh, or just people trying to make cheap products who are, who are putting things into those products that people would not want to actually take in their body if they knew what it was. Um, but because of how the industry works, that just would fly under the radar. Uh, we think that, you know, we want to build something better than that. We think consumers are also wising up. Um, and so, you know, we knew we wanted to build something transparent. We knew we wanted to build something with quality in it. Um, you know, as someone myself who's not from the industry, neither is my co-founder Akash, we also, you know, took a step back and, and said we're, you know, needed to make sure that we were humble enough to admit that we didn't actually know how to how to source the best quality in this category. Uh, and I think I'd seen, seen that a little bit in my previous life at Bonobos, which is 
you know, there's certain areas when building a business where outsider, an outsider perspective is valuable and where consumer, you know, kind of being that consumer eye can change an industry. But there's certain areas, particularly when it comes to sourcing, where you actually want someone who's done it before um, yes. because they, they know the networks. And so we, we went out and, um, you know, we have, I have a lot of respect for, uh, a brand uh, called New Chapter, who's who's historically known for making a really high quality product, and you know I spent time trying to to get to know folks there, and ultimately we were lucky enough to to persuade um, you know our head of sourcing and head of supply chain uh, to join us from New Chapter, and they, they brought with them 25 years of experience, and they they helped us be able to build products that we were really proud of, and and bring in you know. Uh, a great a wealth of experience to be able to you know create magnesium from iris seawater or calcium from uh, red algae from the ice atlantic oceans or an herb called rhodiola rosea from the altai mountains in siberia uh, and you know i think because the goal for us is we wanted to have a quality product that would be effective that would be bioavailable and absorbed into someone's body um, and we wanted to be able to have a transparency story um, from a just from a narrative aspect. Um, and, and we realized quickly when we tried to do some of the sourcing, um, ourselves, my co-founder and Akash and I, before having a supply chain team, that if, if we tried to do it ourselves, we were just going to have the wool pulled over our eyes. So we mm -hmm. had, you know, we have the great benefit of Bob and Sheila who are just fantastic on our team who, who helped make that possible. Well, and then how many different supplements or, or how many different, I guess, different things are available on the website right now? Yeah, so we've got just over thirty. I want to say it's maybe thirty-two right now, um, and and yeah, the, the, we wanted to make sure that we had enough that were that we could truly create a personalized experience um, and be able to deliver, uh, you know, honesty on on which ones had kind of what levels of science behind them. Whereas if we just launched with two or three products or even five products, you can't really deliver on the value proposition of of personalization. For sure. So then moving into like talking about that personal personalization, um, what about the in-home experience? I know I kind of hinted at it earlier, what I thought of um, the packaging. Um, so for you, I, the customization of your name being on every packet seems to be a big thing. And I, I was thinking about how it's, you know, it's awesome for the content side of things, but everything that leads up to it is what makes you like even feel like you want to talk about it. And it's kind of like the cherry on top. Um, for you, was that like the, just saying like, oh, this is for Micah, that was the best piece of what we were doing? Or was it was there something else that you felt was even more important than the personalization? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think first we wanted it to be, again, aesthetically attractive so someone would feel comfortable putting it on their counter b we you know we just wanted to feel special and that you know we're creating something personal for each each individual and almost you know very few of the packs actually wind up being alike there's just thousands of different packs that we've sent out at this point um and so you know we wanted to go that extra mile of putting someone's name on it it just makes it feel more special um it makes it feel you know, like something that you want to share and you want to talk about. I think when you're building a company, especially these days, you do have to be cognizant of, of how do you, how do you build something with word of mouth built into the product, uh, for, you know, so that you do not 
create a business that is entirely reliant on advertising because that's a difficult way to build a business. It's just through advertising. It's expensive. Um, you know, so there was a strategic thought process here of like, how do we create something that people will, will want to share? Um, and how do we create something that will look nice on Instagram? And, and you know, the, there were conscious decisions there of, you know, being smart about, you know, showing the individual their name, showing, you know, eventually, like I said, we're rolling out special quotes on each packs, like doing these things that just create, make something delightful, make someone enjoy it and makes them more likely to, to, to want to share it. Yeah. I mean, again, I know I've said it multiple times, but I think like that's it. it it's kind of a huge, a huge reason to keep going with the brand. Um, you know, the experience when you first get into it is like fun and the customization is amazing, but even just like how it arrives it's and, and like you said it's something that you're totally fine to set out on the counter um and then just super easy to pull from every morning and like throw in your bag or i you know i went on a trip recently and was like oh i'm gonna be gone for three mornings so just like grab three packs out and and, and threw it next to my toothbrush in the suitcase it's, it's totally perfect for that um the the last thing i wanted to ask you about is actually one of the reasons that we ended up reaching out um was around kind of how you guys treat customer service I know, especially you coming from a brand that was really customer service driven. Um, you guys seem to have some good press at care of a couple months ago um, is, is actually when I ordered. And then there was an email went, that went out that you personally sent to everyone or was addressed from you that was about like, hey, we're having some delays. Um, we're going to give you a percentage off of the product. But then it was like this really amazing not like in the weeds response or insider baseball response, but you just kind of laid out exactly why you guys were behind on production. And I thought like it was an amazing example of when people are like, oh, people don't want to talk to brands. They want to talk to humans. Like, how do you make your brand more human? I Like to me, that was like the biggest example of how a brand could be human. Um, so, you know, one, I commend you for that type of response because a lot of people wouldn't do that that type of thing. But I also just wanted to ask you about your customer service philosophy in general and see if it kind of drove, you know, if that's how it drove your thinking into having that type of response. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the huge benefits of a direct to consumer business, uh, particularly using the internet is, is being able to build real connections, real authentic connections uh, and, and not feeling like it's some faceless corporate brand uh, because, because that's not what we are. Um, and I think, you know, we, I, I definitely took this from my time at Bonobos and from at Bonobos, we took it from the folks at Zappos, which is just, there is such a power of, of really focusing on, on having quality human service and, and customer service and, you know, staff with smart people who are autonomous and who can make decisions. And then also, you know, related to that email, I do think that there's, there's, uh, needs to be a, an ability particularly when you're building a young company is is being willing to be vulnerable uh, and, and share that vulnerability in a way that uh, customers can empathize with while showing the customer that we're trying to make things right and that we're going to take care of them because I think it's it's like any human relationship um, and I think you know that's so many human relationships are strengthened by in moments of vulnerability whereas, Oftentimes, you know, too frequently, particularly with large companies, moments of vulnerability actually wind up driving 
weakness is and they try to cover it up and it's insecure and the, you know it just feels really insincere insincere and so i think we want to we want to connect with the customers we want to do what's right for them we want to share with them that you know we are a business built with humans here who are doing the best that we can and are going to treat our customers like humans and we're going to empathize and we're going to make sure that we take care of them and and we're going to build that loyalty the way that you know human to human contact um uh, makes possible and so i think that that's definitely a conscious effort i think it's it stems too from i mean my my co-founder akash and i just we want to build something that we're proud of that 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 uh connects with people uh and and that we feel like is doing doing the right thing and so all of that goes into the communication it goes into the people that we hire to to help us manage the customer experience and the customer service and it's ultimately something that i think can be an asset and and if you kind of take a step back to so so all of that stuff is kind of some of the warm fuzzy parts of it um there's also just a business aspect when you're building a direct consumer business you have the ability to aggregate customer service at a national level at in an efficient manner that is an ad, you know is advantageous and this is you know at, at bonobos our ceo at one point um was doing a consulting job at Sears and saw sorry not Sears Lands End before Lands End was acquired by Sears and they did such amazing customer service uh versus their brick and mortar counterparts and it's because they aggregated at a national level they're able to pay a higher salary and able to get better people and have them bought in versus trying to staff a bunch of brick and mortar stores um and and those those customer service people are also more efficient because they're fielding national, you know, a, a higher level of of demand on a more consistent basis. Uh, and so, from a business model standpoint, it's it's one where direct consumer companies have an ability to take advantage of aggregating service at a national level and investing in it uh, in a way that you can't do at a brick and mortar store. Um, so, so you know, there's there's definitely personal warm and fuzzy reasons there's also business reasons why it makes sense to to invest in customer service yeah and that specialization i think is is really felt because any interaction that you know i i've had on that side you know what i felt was coming from you but um knowing that you know i'm sure that it's dialed across the board especially you know where you're drawing from so that's you know really kind of like the capstone to the brand like all those experiences about from the shopping um to the product to the shareability and then you know if you ever have an issue it's, it's really easy to sort it out with the team so you know exactly just to kind of and those emails did, the emails did come from me too eventually i got overwhelmed with responses so I, I needed help fielding some of the responses but yeah it, it was it was definitely stuff that we did not just do as a marketing tactic but was a an email that that i i wrote and and was responding to until we got overwhelmed at some point well that i mean totally you you wrote back to me like i from that email i think i reached out directly to that and was like oh this is amazing like do you want to be on our podcast and the fact that you were even just like writing back to that i was uh, shocked just because i figured that that was what was happening so i know i totally appreciate it yes yeah yeah um so you know last thing i'd love to hear about for you is just like what are you excited about that's coming up for care of like what's next for you guys yeah um i mean there's a lot of great things 
uh, in the works for us. Um, you know, I think probably one thing that we're excited about that we just launched was our is our prenatal program. So we spent a lot of time looking at prenatal vitamins as a specific use case and building out a high quality version that's easy to digest, that's that's easy to travel with the pack where we give the science behind it. Uh, that's a big program for us that we just launched that we're really excited about. I think going forward, if I look a few months, you know, uh, you know, a few months or quarters down the line, we're developing an app component, which I think will help with building habits and, and, and compliance and, and just again, the delight component, making it delightful. And then if I look into the future, even further than that, you know, I think we definitely have our um, eyes set on a, a broader vision of, than just vitamins and supplements, but actually just the idea of personalized health and wellness and being able to democratize information around health uh, in a in a very um, consumable and, and useful and actionable way uh, and and continuing to build something delightful uh, and, and you know as we grow branching from just vitamins and supplements into other health and wellness areas but that's there, there's definitely still plenty to do right in front of us right now so so yeah. we've got a, a long-term vision but also just near-term what things that we need to get done. Yeah, well, that's exciting stuff. I will be I will be downloading the app to help me get into whatever habits I need to get into because I definitely need help in this area. Um, well, we always finish up with one one kind of offhand closing question. Uh, another one of those get to know you one. So I wanted to throw out, you know, if you imagine money isn't an issue, you know, and and you kind of have you're able to put whatever on pause. Um, what would you spend a year learning to do or experiencing? Hmm. Oh man. Uh, I always like, I, you know, I love building things, creating things. That's why it's fun building a company. Um, sometimes when in the process of building a company where so much of it is about building a team and building, you know, working together, sometimes I, look forward to someday having a year to just build a build and create from a creative standpoint. So I would probably spend it traveling and trying to, to write for fun. It's just a, it's a fun act of, of creation and, and storytelling. So reading a bunch of books and writing as what I would spend a year doing, which is maybe not that exotic or exciting, but kind of realistic. Like I say, you might say it's not that exotic or exciting, but I guarantee you like 95% of people agree with you that that would be an amazing thing to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Craig, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on this podcast with us and tell us about care of it's really, really amazing stuff that you guys are doing and you like, and, you know, please keep crushing it. It seems like uh, there's no doubt in my mind that's going to happen. Awesome. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Um, and if for folks who haven't checked us out before, would love it if you just check out the site at takecareof.com or you can look at our Instagram, care of, uh, at care of vitamins. Um, so really appreciate it. Great having the conversation and, and look forward to, to talking more in the future. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks, Craig. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to our podcast with Craig from Care Of. If you want to check out more episodes or see what we're doing on social, you can hit us at shapeshiftreport.co or shapeshiftreport on any social channels. Mm-hmm.